I want to go back to a passage that I went through some months back, and uh, it's just been on my heart again, and so I want to take a look at it. This is out of Colossians chapter 3. Um, not quite sure why it's caught my attention so much, but um, again, this week it, it became very precious to me, and I thought, well, I, it's the freshest thing I have, <laughs> so I want to go through that. So in Colossians 3, it says, Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And for me, one of the things that I find myself in in different seasons is, okay, how do I keep this walk with the Lord fresh? How do I, um, how do I make sure that I'm just not, allowing sort of a callus to grow over my life and kind of just a cloudiness over my relationship. And uh, as I've expressed to you before, there I go through seasons of disciplines and then it seems like the Lord changes it. And it's because it's not just about discipline, but it's about relationship. And, you know, it's appropriate when we're in relationship to spend time with each other on a regular basis. Otherwise that relationship dies. But at the same way, you know, I can intentionally take time in reading the word and intentionally take time in prayer. But if it's just a system, it, it soon becomes ordinary or just in some ways lacking that punch that I looked for. And, and I feel like the Lord at times is, is, is takes the same approach. He's going, oh, again, this is all you got. You know, <laughs> it's, it's that, you know, I know you're here out of duty and you're doing your best, but uh, that's not really the way to grow things, right? And, and so uh, when I was looking at this particular passage, the thing that caught my attention this way again was, I need to be looking at the things that surround my life and say, does this fit in a heavenly context? In other words, is, is heaven being brought into this equation? Are the things that are honored in heaven being honored in my life in this moment? Are the things that heaven treasures, are they the things that I'm treasuring? And uh, it helps me in a sense evaluate what I'm doing and, and to walk through it and knowing that there are differences very obviously in the way that we function on earth as in regard to heaven. But at the same time, in some ways, it's almost like we're bringing a bit of heaven to earth when we act in a heavenly fashion. And when we incorporate heaven's values into today. And so uh, Paul's just encouraging the, the believers of Colossae. He's just saying, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And he just reminds us Christ is in, a, in an incredible place and he's interceding for us and he's our source of salvation. He's our pathway to the Father. And he's saying, this is something we need to keep in mind and treasure. And then this translation continues on in the second verse. It says, keep thinking about things above. 
So keep seeking in the first verse, keep thinking in the second verse. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So he says, just like Christ died and rose again, you have said death to a measure of your natural life. You have agreed to step away from the things that by nature would be contrary to the, to the things of heaven. And uh, this, this term, hidden with Christ, uh, I've, I've always kind of read by it and kind of gone, that just seems strange to me, but I'll accept it. You know, it's scripture, and, but I don't really know what to think of it. I finally went digging a little bit about that particular word. And the idea that Paul was conveying is just like a person hides a treasure, that our, our, there's a treasure in Christ that's hidden. Uh, in other words, they didn't have banks to store money. And, and so if they started accumulating, they regularly hid their treasures. Uh, they didn't want them stolen. And so uh, this word hidden conveys that idea of treasure. And so your life has a, a treasure connected to it in Christ. And so he says, you know, you you died, but you accumulated this treasure in the Lord, so to speak. And you need to keep that in mind as you go about life. He goes on and says, when Christ, who is your life, so that, that again, he's, he's tying in that treasure idea that what we found in Christ um, is like hidden treasure. It's, it's wondrous. You too will be revealed in glory with him. So that's what we look forward to. So he goes on, then he says, so put to death whatever in your nature belongs to the earth. And he lists a few things and, and just, uh, you know, sexual immorality, impurity, shameful passion, evil desire, and greed. It, it's not meant to be a complete list. He just says, this is what often our nature moves toward. This is often what in the natural we crave. And he says, step away from those things. He says, these things, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And so there is a, a, an awareness of judgment that is never completely away from our thinking, even though We've experienced the love of God, and that's the, the general rule of thumb of our relationship with him. There's still this awareness that um, judgment is coming to the, those who he calls sons of disobedience. And um, so sons and daughters of disobedience, the, I guess the contrast we would take for ourselves is that we have stepped into becoming sons and daughters of obedience. And, you know, when we look at that, it's like, okay, Lord, what are you speaking to my life? What are you desiring? Where do you want this to go? And that's the commitment that we make when we embrace the, the treasure of God, so to speak. He says, you also lived your lives in this way at one time when you used to live among them. And he's just saying, this is the natural way of the world. And we were a part of it, that God is caused us to step away from that and um, you know I was I was thinking about the parable of the prodigal son he didn't uh, he didn't do his own thing until he left home it's kind of like a lot of college kids right 
you get away from home for the first time and uh, you try a batch of things simply because uh, you have your freedom now and you know you're not in your parents' household and there are things that have looked interesting, but you knew they wouldn't be accepted and suddenly it's that, well, let's go try some things. And in some ways, the, the prodigal son was one of those who stepped away from home, went and tried the things that he wanted to try. And then there's a point where he's saying, uh, this didn't work. And, he, you know, in his mind is that questioning, will I be received back? You know, or could I even come in on a lower level as a servant, just knowing that what's there is better than what I have right now. And, uh, you know, Paul's recognizing in this passage of Corinthians or Colossians, he's going, yeah, we used to do that. We, we were involved in those things. And yet we've stepped away from it. We've, we've chosen to live differently. So even though we're a part of society, we recognize that our choices are different than what societies as a whole are because we've committed ourselves to living in Christ. We've committed ourselves to his treasure. We've committed ourselves to a heavenly mindset. And so we continue to put off the things that are distracting and disruptive and disobedient. And I guess, you know, having been a Christian most of my life, there's still that awareness that there's a fair amount of natural desire or natural tendency that God has the ability to change and correct. And as I walk through this, you know, it's that knowledge. I don't want to become dull. I don't want to just uh, ignore or step away. But rather, I want to incorporate more and more of heaven's values into my life and to make that, um, you know, the the pattern in, in all areas. And so as those things come alive to us, as they become, as we become aware, then we start making transition and just saying, no, not going to do that anymore. So he goes on and he says, do not lie to one another since you put off the old man with its practices and have been clothed with the new man that is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. It's, <laughs> you know, it, I, I like that in this passage, he he deals with even the basics of saying, yeah, stop lying to each other. You know, that's that's one of those starting places, so to speak, where we go, yeah, lying just should not be a part of my life. And, uh, you know, in scripture for Paul to even be reminding people of that, it's like he's not saying that you've stepped into something that is uh, completely different or that the people of the Bible were completely different than us. He's just going, no, even, even with things like lying, that needs to stop. And uh, then he goes on, he says, you're trying to put on the image of Christ. Um, you're, you're trying to look different, so to speak. Um, and he goes on and he says, um, be renewed in the knowledge of the image of the one who created it. Therefore, there is neither Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. And essentially he's saying, 
whatever we have looked at in society that divided us is no longer to divide us as a people. When we become a part of the family of God, we throw aside those distinctions and terms, or we at least diminish them at a place where they don't have the same importance. In other words, we can see with our eyes differences, but we acknowledge that we're still brothers and sisters in the Lord. We can see things that would, uh, would separate in the natural, and yet we say, no, we are brought together. We are one people. Um, I think even during this season, it's like Republican or Democrat, no one people in Christ. Um, separated in, in race, no one people in Christ. Separated by areas of the country and minds, no one people in Christ. And, and that needs to consume us more than the things that we look at as separating us. He says, therefore, as elect of God, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with a heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Um, that's to be, you know, if he says clothe yourselves with that, that's to be our look. You know, um, when uh, up in this area in particular, I think of uh, people dress with the outdoor look, right? Now, you either dress with the tech outdoor look or you dress with the old style outdoor look, right? You go with the, the flannel and the, the wool or you go with the uh, technical fabric that breathes and does all the the wonderful things that uh, make it better than everything else. I, I, I don't ask Rob about that. I, that's as far as I can go. But uh, we we all are aware of those things, right? I mean, we we are aware of the look. Uh, I am always amazed when uh, people start talking shoes that uh, it becomes one of the first things that people evaluate when they look at someone else. They, they look at shoes, and I'm kind of going, really? But obviously, when you've seen my shoes, you know I don't care much. <laughs> but <laughs> I know that's not the truth for everyone. So in this, Paul's describing the look that's to be a part of us. And he says, it's a heart of mercy. It's um, it's kindness. It's humility. I just realized that I've skipped PowerPoint today. It's a little late to start now, <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it. But uh, I love Zoom, and I can't fix it. <laughs> But the look, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, uh, bear with me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. If someone happens to have a complaint against anyone else, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also forgive others. 
Now, in this particular passage, um, or this translation, I grabbed part of another verse and jammed it with the next one. And in that particular passage, there's a comma, and I know that you don't necessarily combine those, but when the New Testament was written, um, punctuation wasn't a part of it. And so translators are constantly wrestling with when does one thought end and when does the other begin? I like putting this together and just uh, combining it with this idea that if someone has a complaint, if you're upset with someone and, and you know, they've done something wrong to you, uh, if you combine that next verse, it goes, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also forgive others. And it's an interesting thought to just take it, you know, to its logical end and say, well, I've accepted forgiveness from the Lord and I've accepted his forgiveness for a lot of things that I don't think he should forgive me for. And yet I know it's true. So maybe I need to be willing to let that happen in my life with others as well. Then he goes on and he says, and to all these virtues add love, which is the perfect bond. And, and so it's more than the individual life growing in the Lord. It's more than just the look for us as individuals. But he steps into community and brings us forward saying, let love be the mark of your life that bonds you with other people. And then the, let the peace of Christ be in control in your heart. For you are in fact called as one body to this peace. Be thankful. So again, He's, he's saying, let love guide your decision-making and your connection with each other. And he also says, let peace rule this situation. Let it control you. Let it be as one body to this peace. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching, exhorting one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with all grace in your hearts to the Lord. So kind of back to the illustration where I started. Yeah, it's important to spend time in the word. But we're asking the word to take us a step further. We're asking the word to develop our relationship in the Lord. As we read the truth of God's words, as we understand his ways and his habits, we're asking for him also to speak into our hearts by his spirit and to develop the, the fullness of relationship in, in heaven as we would know it. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, I want to read Psalm 103. Well, let's walk through this. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, do not forget his kind deeds. He's the one who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who delivers your life from the pit, who crowns you with loyal love and compassion, who satisfies your life with good things so your youth is renewed like an eagle's. So did you catch that list? <laughs> I'll read it one more time who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, 
who delivers your life from the pit, who crowns you with loyal love and compassion, who satisfies your life with good things. The Lord does what is fair and ex executes justice for all the oppressed. The Lord revealed his faithful acts to Moses, his deeds to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He is patient and demonstrates great loyal love. He does not always accuse, and he does not stay angry. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us as our misdeeds deserve. For as the skies are high above the earth, so his loyal love towers over his faithful followers. As far as the eastern horizon is from the west, so he removes the guilt of our rebellious actions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on his faithful followers. For he knows what they are made of. He realizes we're made of clay. A person's life is like grass. Like a flower in the field, it flourishes. But when the hot wind blows by, it disappears. And one can no longer even spot the place where it once grew. But the Lord continually shows loyal love to his faithful followers. And is faithful to their descendants. To those who keep his covenant, who are careful to obey his commands. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom extends over everything. Praise the Lord, you his angels of his, you powerful warriors who carry out his decrees and obey his orders. Praise the Lord, all you warriors of his, you servants who carry out his desires. Praise the Lord, all he has made in all the regions of his kingdom. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Just thought, what a wonderful passage that is.